welcome to Help, Help I'm, I'm Obsessed, obsessed with, with the Enneagram, a podcast where we discuss the lives of fictional characters to avoid obsessing over our own. This week we're talking about Glee! But before we get into that, who are we and what the heck is an Enneagram? Kyle, take it away. Hi, I'm Kyle um, and I'm a type 4 on the Enneagram and my pronouns are he, they. The Enneagram is an ancient personality typing system that has nine types. The type one, the reformer, type two, the helper, type three, the achiever, type four, the romantic, type five, the observer, type six, the loyalist, type seven, the enthusiast, type eight, the challenger, and type nine, the peacemaker. Um, There are more nuances involved in that, um, but we can get into more details of those as and when they come up. And my name is Catherine, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm type 5, and I am an aspiring screenwriter. I have an MFA in screenwriting from Boston University, so so we're basically just going to analyse a TV show or a film every week and chat about what type we would put the characters into. Yeah, basically. Welcome back to Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram. What are we talking about this week? This week we're talking about Glee! Uh, wow, what a show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where to begin? Where to begin with Glee? Um, (laughs) Glee, if you didn't know. Um, I mean, it's still available to watch. It is. Available on, I believe, Netflix. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But Glee is uh, an American uh, musical comedy series uh, originally aired between 2009 to 2015 and it centers on a glee club uh, which is basically like an acapella like show choir mm-hmm. um, at a high school um, dealt with a lot of issues of like sexuality and race according to the Wikipedia article I would say it was more <laughs> just like teen drama well, I think um, the thing is, it started as, like, a satire of, like, a, a teen drama thing. Yeah. And then just turned into a teen drama. Yeah. <laughs> like, it kind of became what it was originally parodying. Yeah. But it was massively popular. Like, I remember... Oh, it was huge. This being advertised in the cinema, which I remember being no like... No way! Yeah, it was advertised in my local cinema before films. And I was wow. like, wow, that's the first time I've seen a TV show advertised yeah. in the cinema. Um, I still feel like that doesn't happen that much. Um, no. And... Yeah, because I remember watching the ad in the cinema and being like, that looks good, I want to watch it. Oh, I was obsessed with Glee when it first came out. I watched the first, I think, two seasons religiously, got them on DVD and everything, and then it moved to, um, it was on E4 in the UK, and then it moved to Sky, um, and you had to pay for Sky, and we didn't have Sky, Yeah, so we i just couldn't watch it anymore so i tried watching it illegally for a little while but i'm quite bad at like finding stuff illegally online yeah. and this was so like very got much a bit tired the fears where you could watch stuff illegally like i think yeah. everybody watched quite a lot mm-hmm. illegally <laughs> um i mean you can still watch stuff illegally now but i think people do it much less yeah um, but yeah i did the same i was like obsessed with it would watch it on e4 like after mm-hmm. school i remember like spending hours 
finding all of the Glee covers yes. of like all of the songs. Downloading them off YouTube. Downloading them off YouTube, exactly. Yes. Like, or as an MP3 and then putting, dragging the MP3 into yeah. my, um, my little... On my was, iTunes, yeah. I was going to say Walkman, but it was an MP3 player. That's what it was called. <laughs> Not a Walkman. I did have a Walkman way, 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 way I had a Walkman then. as well. But no, this was like very firmly, I had this teeny tiny blue MP3 player yeah. that I like would meticulously put songs onto mm-hmm. um, and then listen to them on Shuffle. And I had they so many They would all be songs. YouTube downloads. So yes. They would all be such bad quality. Yeah. <laughs> So I have such like fondness for this show and also it's such a trash dump fire of a show. <laughs> That's the back thing on is, it. so I never really saw past about season three when it originally aired. Yeah. And then during lockdown, um, I discovered this um, podcast called Recovering Gleek. Yeah. Um, which is very funny. And it's just too... Um, Americans who are like recapping every episode of Glee and talking about how terrible it was. Yeah. Um, and so that inspired me to, because I realized it was on Netflix. And so I watched the rest of Glee on Netflix. Wow, it went downhill. And it like didn't, it didn't go downhill like gently. Like it <laughs> just like aggressively crashed into absolute terrible writing yeah. and terrible arcs and like no like oh my god it was such a mess yeah <laughs> and just like i guess the the stuff that they used to come out with on the show that was like okay for them to put on television would never be okay no. to put on tv now but at the time, also... I think it was kind of part of its brand, of it being yeah. like, oh my god, it's so edgy and out there. They're not afraid to talk about teen pregnancy and gay people and sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, I mean, we'll come on to this when we talk about Kurt a bit more, but Kurt was definitely one of, like, the first gay characters yeah. I'd seen. Yeah, I um, really remember that. I really TV. remember the his first kiss with Blaine being like oh my, a huge, huge like thing and I was like obsessed with it mm-hmm. and I remember going to school the next time talking to people about it like that's mm-hmm. the first gay kiss that I can remember on TV watching that was like teenagers like people yeah, my age, not I'd like an seen... old film yeah. or like a, an obscure thing that was like popular See, culture seen... I'd seen like an like twenty year olds in Hollyoaks, yeah, because me and my mum used to watch Hollyoaks all the time. Um, but yeah, it was the definitely the first like teenage thing, yeah, that I'd seen. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was also a mess of a show and dealt with a lot of subjects in very bad ways. Like yeah. <laughs> had some very problematic storylines. Especially when it became like more of a teen drama. Like yeah. it was really trying to tackle all the topics and did them very badly. <laughs> I think I'm sure we'll get into it once we get into yeah. the characters. Shall we start so. off with uh Rachel Berry? Arguably yeah. you could say the main oh, the character lead. of the show. Yeah. If like I don't did you watch past about season no, three? Or I four? did not. And I yeah. was doing some research for this and I looked up her Wikipedia, the Glee Wiki, to see, mm-hmm. you know, what happened to her character. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise that at the end of the show she marries Jesse, which mm-hmm. like kinda makes sense. But she's yeah. a surrogate for Curtain Blade? 
Like she's carrying their child. I forgot that. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> well, she also goes, gets on, go, right. She, she doesn't get into her chosen college. No. Annoys the woman enough to get into her chosen Which college. Which feels entirely within her character. Yeah. <laughs> then quits her chosen college after six months to go be on Broadway. Then quits. Yeah, fair enough. Then quits Broadway, which is Funny Girl, which is like her dream role, to go and be on a TV show, but then doesn't get the TV show. Oh. Like, (laughs) it's all a bit of a mess. Um, But then I think she ends up being successful in the end. But, um, shall I go first? Yeah, go first. Okay. So I, I, personally, I have seen other people type Rachel Berry in a different way. Uh, I don't feel like there's another way to type Rachel Berry. Yeah. I think Rachel Berry is a type three. (laughs) Firmly agree. (laughs) Yeah. I also (laughs) was like, there's nothing else that I would type around. Like, (laughs) Like, she fits every single stereotype. (laughs) Yeah. Like, some of the quotes I got from her was... (laughs) <laughs> how she puts a gold star up when she signs her name at the yes. end of her name. My gold star is a metaphor for me being a star. <laughs> <laughs> and the and one that I had written down for her is, I am like Tinkerbell Finn, I need a pause to live. <laughs> I got that one too. Um, a really important quote, I think, is being a part of something special makes you special. Like yeah. she doesn't, I think she sees her talent as what will make people like her is what will make people see her as important as significant as valuable and if she doesn't have her talent then she doesn't know who she is yeah she she doesn't really connect with her like actual inner self and is very performative yeah massively well like she i remember there being an episode where she's in like the school musical and she's Mm. with the glee club and has mm-hmm. to decide whether she wants to do the musical or be in the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I feel like she ends up choosing the Glee Club because it will bring her more, like, acclaim. Because mm-hmm. they're going to go and do a big competition. And she really, there's, like, seems to be a constant thread throughout the show of her really needing the rest of the Glee Club members to acknowledge yeah. that she is their star player, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, she's the MVP. Um, yeah. And she's massively competitive in all of the yeah, competitions. So and there's also an episode, it actually might be the pilot, where mm. um she has this little voiceover and she's talking about how she like maintains her body and her perfect schedule. Uh-huh. And I, like this so fits into like a three thing of like being so like image conscious of like every uh-huh. single aspect of your life where she's like, I have my green smoothie in the morning and then I do mm-hmm. my workout and then I do my warm up singing and then I go to yeah. class. <laughs> and she's got a goal in mind. Like she literally does her like workout with like a sticker on yeah. the wall of like her winning a Grammy or whatever. And it's just, like she's so clearly motivated yeah um and she's so ambitious like someone i can't remember who said this about her but someone said your ambition does push-ups in your sleep like she's so ambitious um and like i was saying about her like she's she ends up quitting her dream college because there's something that she deems will 
get her more appraisal yeah. and more value because she thinks she's successful enough already. She's like, I already know all of this. I can go be on Broadway. Yeah. And then she, someone offers her a potential TV show and she's like, oh, of course this is happening. I'm so successful. I am now going to get my own TV show. Yeah. And then that falls through and her whole life kind of falls apart. She has to move back to Lima, like a lot sort of suddenly goes, goes wrong the dream, yeah. yeah because the entertainment industry is really like Fickle. stressful to be a part <laughs> of like yeah you can't really yeah do that yeah. and like things like when she sends sunshine corazon to a crack house oh out of fear <laughs> of someone being like better than her yeah. like she has to be the best and so she's like no you can't join the glee club even though it would make the glee club better if there was another yeah, good singer but that's there. not really what she's concerned about for much but i know it's like whether she not. is good as opposed to whether the Glee Club is good. Yeah, one of the things I quite enjoyed was that she she also, like, she has this three thing of, like, she wants to work really hard and be amazing, but she knows that the general Glee Club has to be amazing for herself to shine. Yeah. So she's very concerned with what other people in the Glee Club are doing. And at one point, I've forgotten she did this, she bugs the choir room <laughs> when she thinks other people aren't singing. Oh my so God. she thinks other people aren't pulling their weight. So she bugs the choir room to listen back to see who was singing and who wasn't. She's- kind of crazy <laughs> oh definitely but like, i quite i think that's what she I found, makes her like I, a very fantastic character for tv yeah i think that's what i find really sad about the show is that like especially the first season even to be honest the first half of the first season is so funny and yeah. everyone is sort of accepting that they're playing these super over-the-top characters in these super, like, low-stakes scenarios that they all believe are really high stakes. Yeah. And it's funny. Like, it's it's a great parody. Yeah. And then it just... I think what happened is it just got popular with teenagers. The producers freaked out and then made it way more, like, messagey and serious yeah. than it ever was and, and like they had like a lot of issue episodes yeah like, like the one where like they bring the deaf choir in and they're there to like yeah. teach the kids of mckinley <laughs> something and you're like okay cool <laughs> yeah like it definitely i just feel like lost its way a bit and it's sad because then rachel just becomes a terrible person like yeah instead of her being, being like, like funny yeah. and ridiculous and like over the top you're just like wow you're just really horrible because yeah. <laughs> like, it's like she freaks out when santa so uh, this is when she's on broadway yeah santana ends up becoming her understudy on broadway and she freaks out makes santana's life a nightmare and like is a horrible person to her but it's not funny yeah. like it's just like really horrible like yeah it's not funny for like a reason yeah so yeah it's quite it's a shame that yeah it kind of becomes a bit too serious of itself i think um Um, i give her a four wing so did i because i I think she's always like living in that fantasy space as well Mm -hmm. like she's always like imagining her like finn's wedding and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff Um, yeah yeah nice yeah 100 percent. very simple <laughs> three wing four for Rachel Berry. <laughs> moving on to uh kurt hamill 
Yes. He, um, yeah, ends up becoming kind of the second lead in the yeah, show. Yeah, I think he does. I think it's very interesting that um, he wasn't even a character that they had written no. for the show. It was uh, Chris Colfer auditioned and they liked him so much they wrote the character for him. Yeah, because he auditioned for Artie. And then the fact that his character became so popular that yeah, he's essentially like a secondary lead mm. by the end of the show, and 100%. definitely one of the most popular like relationships, like him and Blaine's yeah, relationship. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think he was such an important character, like we were talking about earlier. Like in two thousand and nine, there was not a lot of queer characters on TV. No. Like there really wasn't. Like I sound like such an old person, but I don't know if like. <laughs> kids today realize how little lgbt yeah. representation there was on tv and film yeah in 2009 <laughs> like it was no, so some... such a like revolutionary thing to have there's uh, a, a reason for that so it was um uh this law called section 28 mm. was basically um I, well i suppose i don't know because this was an american show but, like, one of the reasons that I know that we didn't have a lot of, like, LGBT, like, literature or anything in schools was because um, this law, Section 28, was uh, in effect from 1988 to 2000 um, in Scotland and 2003 in England and Wales. And it basically prohibited the promotion of homosexuality mm. um, in the UK. So that, like, definitely trickled down into our time in school because mm. even though both of us were probably in secondary school after 2003 mm. there still wasn't a lot like they didn't yeah, as they soon as that law was only... dropped it wasn't immediately like a big boom of lgbt yeah, content teachers teachers were only just sort of starting cautious. yeah teachers were just starting to like mention it but yeah. not really they didn't they didn't have the material to like yeah. know what to teach or know how to so i think kurt was topic. actually a really groundbreaking character because he is like mm. he's gay from the first episode like yeah that's not he has he doesn't have a coming out story no he's i just... remember it was the first time i definitely saw someone on tv that i was like oh that's like i'm like that yeah like, i it was it was such a character that i was like oh that that's how i act that's yeah. how what i'm like um and that was like a m- bit of a mind fuck for me like to see that and then to see him be in such a positive relationship and stuff yeah. like it was amazing <laughs> yeah so love kurt Hubble for that um yeah i think that kurt um he's very dramatic <laughs> and it's funny that I think you say I know where you're going. <laughs> that he, you see a lot of yourself in him because mm-hmm. I think he's a type four. <laughs> How interesting. Because <laughs> um, he's like, I comes across, yeah, I think he's like very sort of, um, can be very into this like fantasy world. Like initially mm-hmm. he has this huge crush on Finn mm-hmm. um, and is like very tied up with, uh, his feelings for Finn. A lot of the show, I think he is trying to like find himself. Um, mm. Like he transfers from McKinley to the other all boys school because he's like, I can't stay at McKinley because I'm being bullied. But like, I think it's also he's trying to um, sort of mark himself out away from the Glee Club a little bit and sort mm-hmm. of become an individual by himself. Mm. Um, yeah, I think. Um, he is for the most part like he's not 
where Rachel is like very manipulative and maniacal of people. Like Kurt can be cutting, but he's not very mean. No, he's um, really funny. Yeah, he's really like really I watched funny. some clips back and I was like, wow, comedy gold. He can, he can be manipulative, but it's not doesn't come from such like a a harsh place. Um, no, I think to, like his... get ahead. Yeah, his doesn't necessarily come from... He just wants to be able to kind of express himself yeah. and be himself. Like, him, Whereas... whenever he is applying to also go to the drama school in New York, mm-hmm. Rachel is applying because she's like, I need to get ahead in life, mm-hmm. and this is my goal. And I feel like Kurt is applying because he's like, I feel like I can do this, and it's yeah. an expression of my like inner personality. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I also <laughs> typed him as a four. Um, yeah, I like I said, I saw so much of myself in him when I uh, first like watched this show. I remember I did a... You know how there were so many quizzes that were like, which blah, blah, blah character yeah. are you? And I did which Glee character are you, obviously. And I got Rachel Berry. <laughs> and on reflection, an accurate choice. However... <laughs> For me as a teenager, but at the time I was like devastated that I didn't get Kurt in that quiz. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think he can't help but be himself. He's so unique and he expresses himself through his art, through fashion, through his performances. He just wants to be allowed to be himself. Like he wants to be allowed to sing Defying Gravity. Like he wants to be allowed to just be his like emotional sense sensitive like just honest authentic self he's a bit of an outcast but he kind of owns it um he just is so sentimental like there's a whole thing where he lists all of the things he's kept with him to take to college yeah um which includes this like promise ring that blaine has made him out of candy wrappers and that (laughs) he made him like ages ago and he kept it all this time um he wants to be the unique person in the room. Like when he starts a band with Demi Lovato and um, and Adam <laughs> Lambert because they just turn up in the, the show. show. <laughs> he gets a bit like jealous of Adam Lambert because they are that he sees similarities with him and is kind of like, oh, I I like am not the most unique person in the room now and sort of like freaks out a bit about that. Yeah. Um, he's freaking out about his Niada audition because he wants it to be like unique and different and like... One of the quotes that I have written down for Kurt, um, he says, although I've been grouped with the boys, my allegiance remains with you ladies. They declined my offer to do their hair in cornrows and all my artistic decisions have been derided as too costly because they involve several varieties of exotic bird feathers. <laughs> Which very much feels like a type for like feels I'm like something creative. I would say. It's <laughs> yeah. a creative decision. Yeah, and he's like, uh, it's been overrided. That's too funny. The other quote I have for Kurt is, um, "I'm so depressed. I've worn the same outfit twice this week." Oh my god, Which, that is you. That is me, isn't it? <laughs> That's completely you. Um, um, I also want to give like a quick shout out to I know we're not discussing him in detail but um, Kurt's dad and his relationship oh, with his dad what an icon was so well written on this show like Fantastic. they did a lot of crappy things on this show yeah 
But they did such a good job of writing this kind of macho dad Mm -hmm. that you were convinced would not be approving of his son and not accepting Mm -hmm. of his um, queerness. And then actually they have such a lovely caring tender relationship mm-hmm. where he is completely accepting oh, of him so in totality and it is so nice to see and it was so refreshing to mm-hmm. see at the time because you expected it to be like a oh he's gonna have an argument with his dad and mm-hmm. like never talk to him again scenario a hundred percent i love that they made that like a loving relationship mm-hmm. they honestly yeah it was great <laughs> i loved it <laughs> um what wing i gave him a three wing because me too he loves he's ambitious he's like yeah image focused he's aware of how he comes across like he is making conscious choices on how he comes across like yeah yeah definitely kurt hamill a four with a wing three yeah um who would you like to talk about next should we talk about Santana Lopez? Yes, let's talk about Santana Lopez. Another character that wasn't really like a character in the audition point. No, and... no, she was ri- originally written as like uh, meant to just be one of the antagonists mm-hmm. along with Quinn. Um, and then they bumped her up to a main character in season two to season six. Yeah. And then season six, I think she asked to not be a main character anymore, the actress. Well, yeah, so basically like she was in season one she was literally cast to kind of be like exactly the same as how like mike chang and um matt rutherford yeah were in season one mike at least got a bit more of a role matt just disappeared off the face of the planet yeah. <laughs> um but then basically she was acting so well and giving such yeah. interesting reactions that the writers decided to start writing more about her character. And then yeah. um, the same happened with like her relationship with Brittany is that Naya Rivera and Heather Morris asked the producers and writers to take the relationship more seriously and yeah. pushed for them to actually have a relationship rather than just it be like a joke that they hooked up um so like go naya rivera i'm very sad that she has is one of the many cast who have passed away um yeah because she kind of sounded awesome um so do you want to yeah i can so um yeah again i've seen her typed in other ways yet again I don't see her typed another way, but I think that Santana Lopez is a type eight. Um, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) The the quote that this was the first quote I heard from her when I was doing my little watching clips back from the show. And it's a longer quote than I normally write down, but I was like, this is too good to not write down because it's the most eight thing I think I've ever heard. Yeah. When I look at a person... I don't see someone who looks a certain way or has this or that amount of chromosomes. I just see someone I may or may not have to destroy. So if you ever tell me what to do, I will end you. Oh my God. (laughs) She's so like bold and upfront and honest. Um, She says things like um, when Finn asks her, do you ever get tired of tearing people down? She says, no, not really. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, she says, I have a lot of feelings that I'm afraid of dealing with. Like she yeah. doesn't go into her vulnerability. Like she hides her sexuality for such a long time because it's such a vulnerable thing for her. Um, yeah. She very much uses like anger as a defense mechanism. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, she has a lot of anger in her and isn't afraid to use it and isn't afraid yeah. of conflict and calls things out when she sees them like she doesn't really like people lying to each other she stirs shit because she's just like you know what let's be honest about this this is what's actually going on like she's kind of unafraid and completely bold and powerful and i think you do see her more protective side especially with like britney yeah um, one of the quotes that i had written down is i think it's from the end of season two mm-hmm. um where she is saying to britney she's like thanking her for singing a song with her in glee mm-hmm. and she said because it made me do a lot of thinking what i realized what i realized is why i'm such a bitch all the time i'm a bitch because i'm angry because i have all these feelings feelings for you that i'm afraid of dealing with mm-hmm. because i'm afraid of dealing with the consequences mm-hmm. and then she basically says like britney i want to be with you i'm in love yeah. with you yeah Um, but like that's obviously a really hard thing for her to say a hundred percent like she's so she's got such a wall up and it's so nice i'm so glad they did develop her character more yeah and that she didn't just she wasn't just a background yeah bitchy character because she has such a lovely story arc in the end um and again has one of the loveliest lgbt relationships that we've seen which also again like feels very accurate like her sort of deciding or not deciding but um coming out as a Mm. lesbian or coming to terms with her sexuality and how she feels about britney actually feels very like natural and true to life it does like i think someone with her personality would really bottle a lot of that up Mm -hmm. or would do things but not actually be um cognizant of Mm -hmm. what they're doing or would laugh it off as a joke Mm -hmm. and not want to take it seriously Mm. um and i think britney is such like a lovely pairing for her and that britney is so like full of joy and innocence Mm -hmm. um that like she really lets santana be vulnerable Mm -hmm. with her yeah it's honestly it's a really lovely relationship (laughs) like i'm so glad that and it's even like like they break up for a bit um as do kurt and blaine um as do like they all break up in the same episode basically um called the breakup um (laughs) and uh and the reason for Santana and Britney's breakup isn't that they're like aren't a good pairing. It's just that their relationship doesn't make sense at that particular point because Santana's just gone to university and Britney's still in high school and like they just can't really like make it work and they yeah. don't want to lose their friendship. And I think that's so lovely and that they do maintain that friendship. And then when they're ready, they do come back together and have a double wedding with Kurt and Blake. Yeah. Um, love that love that for them (laughs) um Um, yeah i give her a type seven wing so did i i was like a bit uh back and forth on it but i feel like she she can be quite spontaneous Mm -hmm. sometimes um and she kind of can do things before actually thinking about it um and it felt like she was more extroverted than maybe a nine would yeah. be, but maybe that's me. No, I think so. About how and I extroverted don't... or introverted nines are. Well, and I don't think she she doesn't 
I don't think she cares at all about peace and harmony. I don't no, think that it's not, is yeah, I don't think she needs ever her, her life to be peaceful. No. Yeah. So I think she's okay with sort of the chaotic nature of Sevens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely see Santana as an eight-wing seven. So much agreeing so far. I know. Um, and this is a nice yeah. <laughs> change from the previous episode <laughs> yeah. where we completely disagreed 100%. the whole time. So that brings us to Finn Hudson. Um, yes. Very sadly, another character who the actor passed away actually during the course of the show being on, and they did yeah. a whole episode about it, which is very, very hard emotional. to watch because yeah. it happened. Didn't they re- film it like pretty quickly I after he did. passed away? Because well, they and, like, used to film these episodes, they filmed them maybe like two weeks in advance of when they aired. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, like, this show was very ongoing. They didn't film, like, a season and then put it out. They filmed the episodes ongoing as they were airing. I don't no think they, they do that that much now. No, but that's, most shows used to do that. No wonder it had such messy film. writing. Yeah, they would film <laughs> stuff, like, two weeks, three weeks in advance. That's insane. When it was coming out. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, it is really hard to watch because the, Emotions are very raw. Yeah, all of like, the yeah, all of the other actors are like actually genuinely mourning. Yeah, so it's very uh, affecting. Um, but yeah, Finn Hudson, an occasionally problematic character, but a very sweet one. Yeah, he's trying, trying his best for the most part. Yeah, where did you see him on the Enneagram? Um, I find him harder to type. I than found him a little tricky. People. Um. I think I came down eventually because he's like, to me, when I think of him, I I mean this like in a nice way. He's kind of like puppyish. Like he's like uh-huh. a golden retriever <laughs> character where like he pretty much just follows along with a lot of yeah. like what everyone else wants him to do. Like when he's dating Quinn and she's like, you're going to do this. He's like, okay. And mm-hmm. when he's dating Rachel, it's the same thing. He really looks up to like Mr. Shu and Mr. Mm-hmm. Shu is like guides a lot of his decisions mm-hmm. um so he actually he isn't very um active as a character he's quite passive mm. super passive. um so i thought that he was a type nine because mm-hmm. i think for the most part he he's just like very easygoing he doesn't really create a lot of conflict he kind of reacts to mm-hmm. people having conflict he's very trusting of like everyone he meets he's quite optimistic he's like really supportive of the glee club he's very much like a glue that like will keep people together and try and like smooth over problems mm-hmm. um and he can he can also occasionally be like he doesn't know what he's doing like he lacks like motivation and i think a lot of that is maybe like more of a a nine quality that nine struggle with is Mm -hmm. like not really having like a a push or a guiding force that's like Mm -hmm. like a fire in their belly i guess in the way that like Mm. a type three does yeah um because they are happy to preserve their environment Mm -hmm. in this kind of like peaceful state that they don't necessarily then want to break out of that and change Mm -hmm. things and i think that's what he struggles with a lot of the mm. show is like even initially joining the glee club he's like but i'm the quarterback so mm. like do i want to join the glee club because that's going to change everything mm-hmm. um and when he decides if he should go to like college or not or if he should like come back to mckinley and like help out with the glee club 
Um, he definitely relies on talking to other characters mm. about what their thoughts are mm-hmm. on what he should do rather than him actively making a decision about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree again. Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I also typed him as a nine. I think he is always attempting to lead with kindness. Um, he, yeah, he just sort of, he quite often feels like he's a bit lost and sort of just tries to, like you say, react to what's happening around him rather than sort of finding his own motivation. And a lot of the time, especially in sort of season three, when they're all graduating, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Like at one point he thinks he's going to audition for Niada with Rachel and Kurt. And then at another point he's going to the army and then he goes to the army and he realizes that's not really what he wants. And then he starts, he sort of falls into helping with the glee club and it's sort of, it's, it's a really real struggle. Like I think it's not, it's not like there are people who this happens to who they don't really know what they want. And it's because I think for nines, especially in the unhealthier ranges, they have spent so long just pleasing everyone else and sort of going with what they want. They've never had to ask themselves what they want. And so when they actually have to ask themselves what they want, because they have to make a decision about what's next in their life, an unhealthy nine might really struggle with that because they've never had to ask themselves and they don't know what direction they want to go. And they haven't had to sort of develop that ambition or something because they've been okay with sort of going with the flow and they've been fine with that and been enjoying that but that's a a growth for a nine is learning to connect with their own ambition and find out what it is that they want to do and I think you see him sort of thriving when he's helping run the glee club because he's getting to lead he's getting to help people he's getting to mediate conflicts he doesn't always do it very well but he's trying like he just tries to sort of develop peace and harmony kind of yeah Um, and I think it's also why him and relationships uh, Rachel, their relationship. Uh, oh, works definitely. Because he's like so supportive mm-hmm. of her and gives her all these like pep talks mm-hmm. when she needs it to be like, you're going to be a star. Like, I completely believe in you. I completely believe in our relationship. Like, go be your best self. Mm. Well, I think she almost sort of offers him ambition. Like, she offers yeah. him, like, why don't you see yourself in something more? Like, why don't you try and do something more? Because yeah. she's always trying to do something more. Um, and he's actually the instigator for her going to New York. Like, she has kind of given up on going to New York because she gets upset and she didn't get into Niada and stuff. And he takes her to the train station and is like, go, like, do you like because he knows that that's the best thing for her and that's such a nice supportive thing to do yeah um i give him an eight wing because Mm. i do see him as like he's definitely one of the leaders of the club as Mm -hmm. well very much like every time they go to nationals those two are the ones that get like the big solo Uh romantic song yeah at the end of it um yeah, I think like they they clearly intended on him 
maybe I feel like the the intention for his character was potentially to take over the Glee Club. Yeah. In its entirety from Mr. Shea and to like become Mr. Shea. Yeah. For the next kids. I think that's what they were going for because that's what started to happen in season four. And then obviously it was right at the beginning of season five that he passed away. So like they'd just sort of developed that plot point and then like obviously had to change things. Um, but yeah, I gave him exactly the same wing. I think he's a natural leader. He just, he's able to connect with that eight part of himself relatively easily, I think. Um, and connect with that sort of being in charge and in control, but in a really calm and harmonious way. Yeah. Lovely. So, <laughs> um, we've got two teachers to talk about. We do. Let's start with, I think, the much harder one to type. Okay. Mr. Schuster. Yeah. Will Schuster. <laughs> Can we talk about how, out of all of like the things that when you watch the show back, you're like, this is so problematic. Mr. Schuster should be fired. Like, he is not a good teacher. And it's not even that he and- should be fired, like, for one thing. He should be fired for so many things. He I is mean, such an if- inappropriate teacher. <laughs> that is yeah. not... Me and Catherine both work in education... This teacher would not still be working no. in education, <laughs> at least well, not in yeah. like the UK. I don't know if America has different rules about teaching, but like yeah. <laughs> he should not be a teacher. <laughs> well, so like he plants drugs in Finn's locker mm-hmm. to get him to join the Klee Club, mm-hmm. and he blackmails him. <laughs> He is constantly he, twerking, rapping, being yeah, oh sexy like, with his students. Well, there's, yeah, there's a whole thing where he's like, oh, all of the girls have crushes on me. Like, it's an episode where they're like, it always starts out the same way. Yeah. Where a girl will come up to me like this. And like, that could have been a very interesting storyline because I'm sure that that is a thing yeah, in 100%. schools of like young, attractive male teachers. Of course teenage girls are probably yeah. gonna have a crush on them like that could have been a very interesting episode but the thing with will schuster is like he's not like i'm gonna shut this down immediately he's like i will accept their gifts and i will flirt back a little i will sing a I song will, like, <laughs> do a sexy rap with them where like i'm singing the lead with this teenage girl he sings toxic on stage with all of them doing the most like sensual (laughs) dancing ever like and like he's okay with this the faculty are okay with this his wife is okay with this (laughs) he really anything i think what's the worst part of it is that he and everyone else keeps telling him how much of a great teacher he is and yes. he believes he is the best teacher to ever walk He really the earth. does. And he doesn't yeah. even speak Spanish, it turns yeah. out. What? How did he get hired? I, I mean, wow. Um, so, how, is it me to go first? Yes, it is you. Okay, so I watched all of this and reminded myself of quite how problematic he was. And I just couldn't work out what type would act like this. I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't work out what human. Yeah, I couldn't work out what human would act like this. I eventually, I mean, I very much could be moved from this, but I eventually settled on a type two. 
I think he has terrible judgment. I mean, I just... I, this isn't even a type two thing. I think I'm just so baffled by Will Schuster. I'm just like, who are you? But he has no sense of boundaries. He's way too intimate with everyone. He... He, like the way that he talks to these students is so inappropriate. So inappropriate. I think what what made me settle on to is that he believes. I think he is so unhealthy. He believes he is helping everyone. He yeah. believes he is like God's gift to everyone to the earth. To yeah. the earth. And he believes that he knows what everyone needs. He thinks yeah. that he could be a better boyfriend to Emma than Carl, who is actually helping yeah. Emma deal with her very real OCD. OCD, yeah. And Will gets bitter that Emma is getting better with Carl and not with and him. He's, also, he's bitter that she doesn't like him anymore. Yeah. She's moving on from him. He, um... He's constantly doing things for Emma, not for, like, the students necessarily. He's actually doing them for his own gain and his own recognition, but he believes it's to, like, help the kids and help the students. Yeah. But he admits yeah, himself... Yeah, part of it is definitely, like, when they are at competitions and stuff, he wants to be recognised. A hundred percent. He says, I only did all this to get close to you, to Emma at one point. Like, oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Um, he rejects his students' suggestions because he thinks he knows better. I think he just really leans into that unhealthy two uh, idea of them believing that they can fix everything because they must know, because they're so, like, helpful and stuff, when twos yeah. need to learn that, like, you can offer people help, but, like, let other people help you, and, like, you don't always know what's best necessarily, like, listen yeah. to other people and listen to what they have to say. Um, yeah, and he just sort of <laughs> I... seems like he's trying to relive his youth a lot. Oh, yeah, like, I fully... I fully agree. Great. Type two. <laughs> um, because I was also like, he's completely batshit. But, oh my god, um, he's insane. Like a, a, a very unhealthy type two. So that, unhealthy. Like, he, is, he is doing all of this so that everyone will validate him and be like, oh my god, you're so wonderful. Uh-huh. And also I think he's doing it because like the only glory he had in his life as a teenager was being in the Glee Club. Mm-hmm. So as an adult, he doesn't know how to get that again. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what should I do? I'll just repeat the same thing as like, I did as a teenager. Mm-hmm. A quote that I find oh god. <laughs> that he says to quit. He says this to a student. Oh Jesus. He says... You're not a little girl anymore, Quinn. How long are you planning on playing the victim card? Since day one, you've done nothing but sabotage the same glee club that's been there for you over and over again. When you got pregnant, when your parents kicked you out, you know Mercedes even let you live in her house, and I don't recall ever hearing so much as a thank you. And now you're a train wreck. Well, congratulations, but you stride into my office and tell me it's my fault? Well, then I have something to say to you. Grow up. A train wreck? But it's like, that is definitely the two things he says. I don't recall ever hearing so much as a thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, he is like, you owe us. Yeah. You owe me and you owe the Glee Club. That because is a, we built you up. That is a wildly unhealthy two speaking well, there. Can you 
imagine if a you train wreck? Another teacher talk to a student like that. I would be straight in. Like, what the hell is going on? A train wreck? You can't call a student a train wreck. Train wreck. <laughs> Um, wow so yeah, entirely agree that he's a very unhealthy type two yeah if you I are a him... two out there please don't be offended that we've typed mr schuster as a two no i am I think, sure like... you are much nicer than mr schuster no this is the thing like i think if he was a healthy type two like he would be building these kids up a hundred percent without being so malicious and manipulative mm-hmm. about it but like there is potential for him to be healthy the show just never lets him no <laughs> It really doesn't. Um, I give him a one wing. Oh, I think interesting. He is very okay. like when they get into the sort of minutia of like prepping for the um competitions and stuff. Mm. He's he gets very like precise with people and very like we have to do it this way in order to win. Mm-hmm. And he also like tries to like copy other glee clubs at certain points okay. because they are like winning mm-hmm. with a certain style. And he's like, well, that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually gave him a three wing because I because felt he's ambitious. Yeah, because he's got this sort of ego about him and yeah, he really he he's trying to relive his glory days and kind of oh, be seen he, as successful he like, and he is quite image conscious of himself as well like and I, how he looks. I feel like he cares more about people liking him for how like amazing he is compared yeah. to how like good or perfect he is yeah that makes sense I can, I can, I'm, I'm flexible. Yeah. I can, I can roll with that. <laughs> cool. So Will Schuster is a two wing three. So this brings us to our final character. Can we get, can we get a whole episode of agreeing <laughs> with each other? <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. Sue Sylvester. Yeah. Absolute antagonist of the show. Actual icon. <laughs> Absolutely iconic. She's also... <laughs> I did not realise, because I have not watched the whole way of the yeah. She ends up as vice president of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> forgot that that happened. But yeah, that does happen. <laughs> that's, apparently that's her, her ending arc. Mm-hmm. Is five years later, she's revealed to be the first female vice president of the USA with Becky working for her as her secretary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, that's an arc. Is she ever being a, a cheerleading coach to the vice president of the US? Yeah. Like, wow. impressive. Um. Um, <laughs> I find Sue quite easy to talk I so Me too. I think we agree. Yeah. Um, she's very calculating, she's very manipulative. She is not afraid to have arguments with people. She's not afraid to <laughs> nope. manipulate everyone around her to get what she wants. I think she's a type A. I agree. Uh, <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> yeah, she's 100%. Like, she very rarely shows anyone, like, compassion. No. What if they're, like, crying in her office? <laughs> she screams she back is, at like, them. deal with it. That's life. <laughs> Um, she holds grudges against everybody. Students and, like, and teachers alike. Yeah. Um, she's, like, not loyal to anybody. Nope. Apart from really, like, her sister. Yeah. She shows some selfishness to. And Becky. Mm. She kind of takes under her wing. But, like, everyone else, she's like, I will cross you in an instant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... 
like, weirdly, think she is actually a better teacher than Will Schuster. No, I know, I agree! (laughs) She still does things that, like, she absolutely shouldn't do. But deep down, she does actually, like, care about the students and, like, does good things for them. She fully, like, builds Becky's confidence and has her become an incredible cheerleader. Yeah. Like, she... She's not, like... She's not a nice teacher. No. She's also not putting in any of these children into, like, a position where they could potentially be harmed. No. Which I feel like Will is. I mean, bar the time she tried to shoot Britney out of a cannon. Oh. <laughs> well, apart from that, that was, like, just commitment to, yeah. to the cheerleading. Well, this is so. the thing, is I think she she's always trying to, like, one-up herself. Like, she's trying to push people further. She's trying to push herself further. She is trying to, like, challenge herself and challenge what it is to be a cheerleader, what it is to be Sue Sylvester. Like, she's like, yeah, why not be president, like, vice president of the United States? (laughs) Like, yeah, of course I can do that. Like, she she is a powerhouse of energy. I have so many good quotes that I find. <laughs> Fantastic. It's one of them is, I will no longer be carrying around a photo ID. Know why? People should know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you to smell my, your armpits. That's the smell of failure and it's stinking up my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a, a bit of a bully at times. She's not afraid of conflict. I think deep down she is kind, but she doesn't want to show that she's kind because that could be seen as like a weakness. Um, She's not afraid to call people out for injustice. Like one of the um, moments that I like really stood out to me was when um, Will turned to her when they were talking about Becky um, because Will, I think, hadn't let Becky in the Glee Club or something, which again, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, there, uh, and, uh, Will is basically like, oh, but, like, Becky's, like, different, like, we have to treat her differently, and Sue says, like, no, actually, Becky just wants to be treated exactly the same as everyone else, and that's exactly how I treat her, I treat her exactly the same as I treat every other student, that's how she wants to be treated, and, like, that's actually, like, a a massive, like, like, (laughs) yeah, like, yeah, that's so right, like, she yeah because i feel like the show could so easily which is funny because i feel like arnie's in the glee club yeah he does not take that attitude with the fact that arnie's in a wheelchair that like he has to treat him differently because he has a disability yeah it's very weird that he takes it with that yeah really strange um but yeah i think she's an eight she yeah Yeah. pushes things Um, she's controlling yeah i gave her a seven wing i also gave her a seven wing (laughs) Could we find a more scattered character? She is like, chaos personified. She marries herself. <laughs> the most she gets eight married thing to ever. herself. Eights have so much self-assurance and self-confidence that I fully could see an eight marrying themselves. Like, yes. Like, yeah. that feels very real to me. Um. Oh, what a... A feat. I don't think we've ever no. had where we have agreed on every wow. character. Wow, look at us go. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, maybe well done Glee for developing such clear characters. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, who knew? It's not that they're... Well, I was going to say, 
they're not like poorly written in that they have no character no they are just chaotic yeah they just make they make weird decisions decisions. and like (laughs) yeah they just yeah it's just a bit of a trash dump of a tv show by the end which is so sad because it started out so good um so we have some awards we to do. give out every week. I think they're going to be tricky to give out this week. Yeah, I was going to say. So we have the Oops, I Did It Again Award for the character who's most like their type, which feels like a lot of people. Yeah. And we have a Clumsy Award for the character who was the hardest to type, mm-hmm. which again, was like, not that hard this No. Um, so who would you like to give the Oops, I Did It Again Award to? Ooh, I think this is the trickier award to give out, because I think yeah. I know who I want to give the Clumsy Award to, but Oops, I Did It Again... I think I'm going to give it to Rachel Berry because yeah. I just think I don't I, didn't I don't know really if have I've, to think about yeah. her. I was just like, oh, she's a 3. Especially 100%. I think especially for her sending someone to a crack house. Yes. <laughs> in order so that she remains the best person in the club. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the quote... That's that's some typical three behaviour. Yeah, and the quote, (laughs) I'm like Tinkerbell, I need applause to live. (laughs) (laughs) Um, who would you like to give the clumsy award to? I think I've got to give it to Mr. Shane. Yeah. Because, like, what is he on? What's happening in his brain to rationalise all of his decisions? But the thing is, as well, is what's... Not only what's not... What's happening in his brain... What is happening in every other faculty member in the school? Because he wins Teacher of the Year twice. (laughs) Oh, dear. At at a school where Emma Pillsbury is a teacher. Right? Like, she's such a good teacher. Right? (laughs) What happened? Oh, dear. Um, Um... so we have a bunch of side characters. So many side, Loads characters. Of side characters. I think it's we almost could have done a part two, but yeah. I do think it's harder to type all these characters because, unfortunately, despite them being great characters, the writers and producers didn't seem to agree and put them yeah, very much in the sidelines. Yeah, Even they're like, not oh. in every episode, or like they're in the first season and the yeah. other season. Like in um in particular We aren't gonna type any of the new characters by the oh, way. Oh god no. <laughs> Should have said this is not like the the ones who sort of come in Marley, Ryder, Jake, like, Kitty basically don't have time. New Rachel Berry. Yeah. New Finn Hudson. Yeah. Because have we time. don't like them. So we're not gonna talk Yeah, about like them. they're not interesting enough, I'm sorry. Um and also, like, uh, just a quick shout out to Mercedes, especially, because yes. what an ignored, like, talent. Um, I, like, was duped by Glee into believing that M- M- that Amber Riley was, like, an all right singer. Then I. Oh, she's an incredible well, yeah, singer. They then, just never utilized her. Yeah, because then I saw her in Dreamgirls on the West End, and my God, I have never heard someone sing like that. And she was she was robbed on this show. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so let's start off with Mercedes. Yeah. Um I went for six. Eight. Tina. Six. Four. Uh Mike. Uh two. Five. <laughs> <laughs> um Quinn. 
five. Three. Mm. I'm so uh, interested. <laughs> Brittany. Uh, nine. Seven. Artie. Seven. Seven. Um, Sam. Nine. Seven. Oh, <laughs> Jesse. Yes. Three. Um, Blaine. One. One. Uh, Becky. Three. Eight. And Emma Pillsbury. One. Six. And I'm just going to add one last one of Bert Hummel. Um, ooh. Two? Six? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's that sometimes sometimes you throw it out there and you're like, ah, no. What am I saying? Um, and that's so funny that we agreed on yeah. every single character, and then all the side characters we disagreed. Yeah, on. I'm like, oh wow! So if we did all these side characters, we would not have agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to go rewatch Glee and then tell us what you think, about yeah, this. I mean, feel free. Um, it's a very different show in 2022 than it was. Yeah, I I really don't know if I have an enneagram tip for this show. I don't know if you have a writing tip other than keep a show Bible. Yeah, I was going to say, but yeah, that probably would be my writing tip. <laughs> would be like, maybe keep your characters consistent yeah. over, over all of the seasons. Like, uh, you can allow for growth, but like some of the character decisions they make are so out of left field. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow, I didn't think this character would ever do anything like this, no. but uh, they have now. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think if I have an Enneagram tip, it's that uh, when you listen to our podcast, if you are the same type as any particular character, don't take it personally. It might be Will Schuster. (laughs) uh... As long as you're also not rapping and twerking on teenage girls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, don't don't necessarily attach yourself too deeply to any of the characters that we type if... uh, yeah, if they're uh, very, very unhealthy. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll be back next time with another film. We will. Um, as always, um, I think the next one we're going to do is a request. It is. Um, sent in by listeners. So as always, if you want us to um, talk about a certain film or TV series, we very happily take requests. Yeah. And we'll happily watch stuff. Mm-hmm. So please uh, send us a DM on Instagram or send us a tweet and we'll have a look into it. Yeah. Great. And we'll see you next week or in two weeks. Yes. Because we're coming out. We will see you in two weeks. Yay! Bye. Bye. Leave us a review if you like the show. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at Enya Obsessed. That's E N N E A Obsessed. We're also on Instagram at Enneagram Obsessed Pod. And if you completely disagreed with everything that we were saying, send us an email at enneagramobsessed at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail um, so we can actually hear your voices at anchor.fm forward slash enneagramobsessed. Help I'm Obsessed with the Enneagram is created and produced by us, Kyle Flynn Davies and Catherine McFall. Music is What a Wonderful Day by Shane Ivers from silvermansound.com. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>